Joe Rogan is confronted by a scientist on intelligent design. This is a fascinating conversation. I am extremely happy that Joe Rogan is platforming more people of faith and specifically more Christians. I think this is a massive W. So here is the conversation with Dr. Stephen C. Meyer, and I'm going to play it from about the 22 minute and 30 second mark. And there's a whole lot here we're gonna talk about, but let's just jump right into this clip. Sorry, that was a long answer. It was very long, <laughs> it's very hard to keep up with you. But when you're you're talking about this, this process and this very, first of all, I wanna go back one step further. You were saying something about, and I'm paraphrasing, but whatever this intelligent thing is, creating us, somehow or another in its image or somehow or another thinking the way it thinks that that sounds a lot like genesis sounds a lot like god how do you, how did you say that again yeah this was this was the idea of the early scientists who got science going it was the, the, the way they oh you mean the guys that got science going were all theists and believed in god creating people in his image Whoa. talked about it was the intelligibility of the universe. It was intelligible. Mm -hmm. It could be understood by mm. us mm. because our minds had been made in the image or likeness of the creator of the universe itself. Isn't it just possible that our minds are complex and curious? And so we're trying to figure out what all these things are and what DNA is and what molecules. Now we're trying to figure out the very fiber of existence itself. What, what, what is it made out of? Wouldn't any curious, self-aware creature start to contemplate these things. And if it's if it really is an intelligent force that made us to think the way it thinks, why would it have war? Why would it have murder? Why would it have all the horrific crimes that we see, drug addictions? Why would it create us in a form like that? It's a great question. This is a lot of people saying, if there is a God, why does he allow evil to happen? The historian, historians of science have asked a question. It's the why, why then, why their question. We've had all these great civilizations. Egyptians made the pyramids, as you and I were talking about. We had the, um, uh, the, the Chinese had gunpowder. The Romans built aqueducts. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, in Western Europe, in the 16th and 17th centuries, and I think, I think the antecedents for, the, for that go back a little further, uh, you get these very systematic methods for study, studying nature arising. And you get this concern to use mathematics to describe the order in nature. Mm. And you get this incredibly productive... Uh, historians of science call it, they call it the scientific revolution. Something really dramatic changed. Mm -hmm. And and it's different than other civilizations. And as they've, they've examined what happened, they said, well, the material, you know, the, the material substrate or the things you would need to do science were in all the other cultures. And there were many great cultures. But this, this systematic method of studying nature uniquely arose in Western Europe in a particular time, in a particular context. And many, many historians of science have come to the conclusion that the, the thing that was the, the difference that made the difference was the worldview, was the philosophical assumptions of those Western European scientists who were almost entirely coming out of a Judeo-Christian worldview. You mean that science was coming out of a Christian worldview? You mean that science allowed for people to start asking questions about the universe and about matter itself. How fascinating. These 
thinkers had the conviction that there were such patterns, there was mm. rationality, there was order behind things, because there was a God who had made the universe to be orderly and to be understood. So that was just one of those thought differences or th differences in thinking that historians have identified as a, as, a, as a key feature that explains why the scientific revolution happened where it did. Um, and that's, that's not to say that uh, the only people that can do science once it gets going are people who, of religious faith, but it is to say that the people with a particular religious faith had a reason to pursue science that apparently uh, other cultures did not have to the same degree. Do we know that for a fact, though? Because there, there's a lot of evidence that we've lost some civilizations. We've lost a lot of their knowledge, the burning of the Library of Alexandria. We, we don't really know that much about what they knew. Obviously, they had some incredibly complex mathematics if they built the pyramids. We know that. We, we know there had to be measurement. We know there had to be like some very complex geometry in order for them to figure out how to do it correctly. Well, certainly there may have been other things that have gone on that we didn't know about and that were lost. The, the thing that I, the only point I was making was that the people who got science going in the 16th and century, 17th century did so mm -hmm. for a discernible uh, religious sure. reason, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is just a, a fact of history. And, but that doesn't and, necessarily mean they were correct. Well, it, did, it does mean that they, they generated a very fruitful way of investigating nature. It certainly aided yeah. them, yeah. and it, it, it probably motivated them in a lot of ways and guided them in a lot of ways, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're correct in that assumption. No, it, 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 no I, and I wouldn't argue for the, the, um, the correctness of a theistic worldview simply right. on the basis of the fruitfulness of science, but it, it is a fact of history, I think, that a theistic worldview was a very important motivator for those early scientists who did get science going, and that science did turn out to be very fruitful. That's a W. Yeah, he's like, Jerogan's like, well, causation doesn't equal correlation. Mm -hmm. Just because they made science right. doesn't mean that God is real. He's like, yeah, but Christians made science. That's pretty dope. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you've had, you know, uh, Neil Tyson on your show, yeah. you know, and he, he makes this claim that Newton's science uh, was a dead end, or Newton's religious beliefs led to, didn't lead to any good questions. They were a dead end. Uh, he had great scientific insights, but his religion was, was bad news for science. But Could you imagine being, I don't, I don't want to use this word against Neil deGrasse Tyson, but being so arrogant that you compartmentalize someone's faith from their scientific discovery? Mm. Isaac Newton's discoveries were a dead end because of it. Like, how arrogant he is He could have been so much greater if, if he wasn't Christian. He had that whole religion thing attached to him. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, uh, it turns out Newton didn't make the God of the Gaps argument that Tyson accused him of making, and many other... Oh, you mean Neil deGrasse Tyson was wrong? It's not the people first time. Accused. And uh, it was his greatest work, the, the Principia, the, his work on gravitation, was meant to, dis to display... It was partly a religious project. He was trying to, to demonstrate the principles, the mathematical harmony that had been built into creation by the creator. Hmm. And he later writes a theological epilogue to the book called The General Scolium, where he makes the, the religious motivation for his scientific work completely explicit and ends up making design arguments right in the, in the context of that work. So uh, th this That's is, I, I just think it's, um, it's something that persuaded me that, about theism initially before I encountered any scientific arguments for it mm -hmm. was this whole question of the reliability of the mind. On what basis can we trust in the reliability of the mind? One very good mm -hmm. answer to that is the mind was created by the same God who created the world and that God created structures of the mind that allow us to know the world around us. That wow. Oof. The same brain that, that discovered concepts like gravity mm -hmm. is also the same brain that atheists believe has like the dumbest worldview ever. Mm. And it's like, you think 
that like just half of their brain is like really dumb. Mm. Like they haven't thought through one whole concept of God and intelligent design, but they they gave you gravity. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the math equation to gravity, but this is just something I just hold on to randomly. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's it's it's, it's compartmentalization. People, it's, totally. like, it's like trying to compartmentalize. Yeah. That, that. So why again back to the other question? Yeah, yeah. Why did God create war? Why does God create murder? Why does God create all? That's a, such a flawed question. <laughs> such yeah, a yeah, flawed yeah. question. Well, the, the horrific things we see in the news, school shootings. What, why would God oh. create a mind that acts in that way? Well, I think the the traditional theistic answer to that is the free will defense. It's not that God created those things. He created free agents, knowing that it was better to create free agents who had the ability to choose and therefore to choose uh, to love him or not or love each other or not than it was to create puppets. Is love really love if it's composed mm. if it's compulsive right yeah. like if we if we were to parallel love to the expression of love through generosity the scriptures tell us don't give compulsively why yeah. because then it's just it's it, you're just doing it because you you must do it you're not doing it because you're doing it from a cheerful heart <sighs> right and so yes there is a degree of we're generous because of duty we love because of duty but there's also the free will aspect of it that makes a distinction between is somebody being forced into something or is someone doing it because they're choosing to do it. Yeah. But with that decision to create free moral agents, there was also the risk that people would use that freedom for uh, uh, to exploit others and yeah. to harm you, others. Sorry, but so, how do you react to the argument of determinism then in the, in the face of this uh, argument? Joe Rogan with the Calvinist questions? Wow. This man said, how, what, what, what about John Calvin, bud? <laughs> huh? What about John Cal? What about determinism? So is this, this, is that essentially just predestination? Yeah, determinism is just everything's determined. Oh, right? uh, okay, determinism. What, okay. a, what a great question from Joe Rogan. That God created free will. Uh, unpack that a little for determinism. me. Determinism. Yeah. The, the, the right. concept that, the, like, when you see someone who's in jail, yeah. so he made a bad decision and he went to jail. Right. But if you go back through that person's life, you go their life, the childhood, the horrific traumas, all the abuse they've suffered, in and out of the justice system at a very young age, surrounded tragic, by crime. Tragic stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's not yeah. a free will issue entirely. There's a lot of variables. The, there, there's two different views of human nature. One is that we are moral agents, free moral agents, and one is that we're completely determined by genes, environment, or our evolutionary past. And uh, I'm convinced that even in the face of terrible environmental uh, conditions in our background, we are still free to choose. Um, I think there are certain types of backgrounds that incline people towards uh, a tendency to, to harm others and to do things that we would regard as crimes. But I, I think we still are free. I think that's a, fu- a fundamental... There's some real clear research into trauma in the developmental cycle of children, how it leads to psychopathy and all sorts of other real serious problems. Sure. I know- but there's also the phenomenon that two people can go through the same trauma. One of them grow up to be an alcoholic. One of them grow up to never touch alcohol. What is that? Mm. You know what I mean? That people, even people, identical twins can react to trauma differently. Also, there, there's like free will stacked almost. Right. Right? Uh, the parents have a decision, an option to raise their kids a certain way. Mm-hmm. They then make decisions, neglect themselves, which in turn neglect their own children, Mm -hmm. and those children are raised with trauma. Mm. So it's like while the kids aren't making decisions, there still are free will decisions being used to create generational trauma. Yep, yep, yep. 
It's good. No Where question. Free will comes into question, and determinism makes a better argument. I, I would. Uh, there's a great philosopher of. Uh, mind, how do you? But how do you respond to that? I would say that those are uh, those are predisposing inclinations that are probably necessary to explain the behavior, but not sufficient. That I think even in the face of uh, things that incline us towards certain courses of action, we still have we still have choice. Uh, and I, I think the the and by the way. By the way, I don't mean to be this Capitalists guy. have entered the chat. I, I don't mean to be this guy. <laughs> I don't mean to be this guy. I have quite... Uh, more people than I'd like to acknowledge close to me that have been through the system. Zach knows a lot of them. I, I don't want to give too many details, but a lot of people close to me. And I'm not talking about, they caught a DUI because they were partying in college. <laughs> I'm talking about folks that have done some serious crimes. I'm talking about serious... Folks that have done double digits behind bars, folks that have spent the majority of their adult lives behind bars. And you know what the interesting thing about it all is they would echo what he just said. Mm. I still had a choice. I still messed up. I, even though there's trauma, even though that's real, I still messed up. And the, and the ones I know get out and, 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 and really take, take, take ownership end up doing amazing. Right, yeah. uh, you you know uh, our friend, I'm sure we'll have him on eventually. Did over ten years, got out, my first roommate, and did a program in prison that was like a Shark Tank version. He won it, got out, starting a started out started a cleaning business, crushed, crushing the cleaning business, and. Is now has a bunch of employees and is making really good money and is providing economic opportunity for other people. He didn't have options. He had the trauma. He had all of the things that people have, all, the whole gamut, the whole story, right? Yet he got, so what, what is that? Was it, is, is that determinism, right? He just, he just becomes the one person plucked out of all of his lineage to become this multi-six figure, high-octane, entrepreneur like or is that personal accountability with the grace of god doing something supernatural in his heart it's a, it's an interesting conversation but mm. I, I i would be curious and maybe that's survivorship biased on my part maybe i just see the guys that crush it and turn their life around right and they're yeah. and there's and maybe there's way more people like joe rogan is describing but i don't think if there's one person that defies all the odds then it's not just determinism. Then it's not just you are a sum of all your trauma that leads you to make bad decisions, that then leads you to be institutionalized, that then leads you to make more bad decisions, that then leads you to stay institutionalized. There allows there to be some sort of agency. And why would we not argue for agency? Why would we not want people to be accountable and take personal responsibility, despite the odds being in, against you? Yeah. Right? All right, let me play a little bit more of this before we move on. Uh, there's a lot of brain physiological research that shows that... Um that supports the idea that the mind is not completely determined by the, the neurophysiological correlates or the under, underlying right. you know, brain chemistry. Are, are we isolating for any reason? What's that? Are we isolating these two variables for any reason, whether it's determinism or free will? Like, why, why, does, it have, why what, does one have to win out? Are well, we not... I, I, I would agree. I think they're, they're... But if you allow any free will at all, then we're not completely determined. In... If there's any free will, then it's not determinism. That kind of becomes the issue with Calvinism. Right, it's like how much free will? Yeah, do I get to choose my toothpaste? There's do I a get little to, bit of right because yeah. if there's a little bit of free will, that kind of depletes the idea of determinism, mm -hmm. right? And so, 
he makes a great point here. Which, well, but no one's yeah. saying completely. It's a combination of nature and nurture. Any reasonable person would agree that we are the sum of our decisions and the environments that we're placed in. So then, the determinism uh, yeah. proponents are? Then we're, then we're agreeing, Joe, um, that there are lots of things that are necessary conditions of certain brain states and necessary concert, uh, conditions, physiological, necessary physiological. Physio so to have a certain brain state, there must be some, under, there are underlying physiological correlates that must be in place. Mm. To uh, have, there, to use that brain state to make a certain course of action, to accomplish a certain course of action, also there are necessary neuro necessary conditions, necessary correlates. But he showed that, but we've never in the research showed that, that have closed the gap between necessary and sufficient. That, uh, that that just because those states are there doesn't mean we will all that someone will is forced to make to make that right. that choice or to right. to undertake that course of action, and so I think you have well, you're aware of that as a person though right you know? I'm, I'm aware of that as a person yeah. all the time I have I you know I I wake up grumpy in the morning because I didn't get enough sleep it doesn't mean right. I, have to, I have to slap one of my kids of you know? course yeah <laughs> so um, but that that's so good okay so listen kudos to Joe Rogan for leaning into conversations like this for having more theists, having more Christians on, being willing to be challenged, being willing to have these sorts of conversations. I think it's a huge net positive. I've been talking about Joe Rogan seemingly softening up to Christianity for years, and it is amazing to see these sorts of conversations. We, if you want to partner with us to get exclusive access to the replay of these daily after-party streams, completely unedited, access to our podcast before they go live, access to a private discount, code our private discord so much more keep us independent only answering to you so we never have to take a brand deal and make goofy commercials like this partner with us on patreon our friends at genucell skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023 using manscape during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence and that's where mud water comes in true classic has got your back all thanks to the sponsor of today's video saymind.com established titles is your opportunity to earn the title of laird Lady. Object credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, included 0.50% auto pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online community for as little as $5 a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after party streams, exclusive access to our Discord community, and early access to our podcast interviews all starting for only five dollars a month king stream entertainment R R R R R R R R